Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. So as I was uh, sitting here just, uh, you know, waiting to start, I, um, I don't know, there was something in the light and also I was just walking outside and it's very summery, isn't it? Like, right. So just sitting here now, I mean, I think it was that thing of light just there, just um, seeing it and feeling it even through the eyes closed, there was suddenly a, fl- a wave of a flashes of uh, memories of um, the family retreat uh, in this hall, which I had the chance in uh, participating many times, maybe, I don't know, eight, nine or ten years, where you would have, um, I don't know, maybe 30 families with 40-something kids and people of all ages, Flora would sit there often, uh, almost reached a hundred coming to the family retreat and newborn and sometimes at the time of the, at this time in the afternoon they would be uh, the community would gather it would be more like a dharma talk but storytelling time and there would probably be the slide there a little earlier in the summer but also like eyes and faces and legs and arms you know like you know coming right up to here, you know, the kids in the stairs. And there was a kind of a mixture of joy and great sadness that uh, came, like, whoa, big, big big wave of emotions. So what was my job as a practitioner, as a meditator? It was to not to uh, avoid and uh, let's go back to the breath, you know, like not that, and not also like get all these years gone, you know. My job was to be awake to be awake as life was manifesting. And so to be awake to the visions that were coming, like the memories, the flashes of the... And uh, this was kind of three-dimensional. I don't know if that's the right way. It was not just images, but it came with a wave of uh, emotions, you know. And the body was alive, like, woo, the breath was like this suddenly, and the, maybe the goosebump, or the, there was a charge to it, you know. And, uh, and part of it was... Uh, elating or joyful and uh, and part of it and pleasant and part of it was also sad and uh, and so my job as a practitioner is just to sit there and allow life to manifest as it will and stay uh, and stay awake and not uh, not mess in a way with the process you know allow uh, memory to discharge its beautiful images or painful images and allow the body to breathe through and uh, maybe um, notice the wave-like nature of this arising. Wow, big wave of emotion and memories and suddenly, whoa. And suddenly, whoops, more regular breathing, opening the eyes. Oh, here, here with these people, with this group. You know, so I'm just using what just happened here to describe a little bit the practice that we do here. So we're just invited to pay attention 
and allow life to manifest uh, and become curious about the manifestation, how it's unfolding. Oh, look at that. You know, it, in images, uninvited, don't have to push them away either, you know. Don't have to control that event, just allow it to live its own life, you know. I remember in one retreat, one teacher said, it had a big impact on me, they said, you know, freedom, freedom, it's not so much you who's going to be free, but everything else. That was very intriguing to me. But I could recognize some things, oh, allowing life to... Uh, to manifest as it does, you know, and uh, seeing if it's possible to stay embodied while it does, if it's possible to keep breathing while it does, if it's possible to uh, keep some kind of balance of mind, even with a rush of, you know, this was a rush of memory, but for you it might be uh, the same at some point in the day, or a rush of doubt, a rush of wanting to be somewhere else or somebody else, or a rush of joy or a wave or... A in French we have this expression uh, that doesn't work, in, I mean, it'll make it poetic, but we say uh, kind of a... we say, in a, we could say a beach of calm like an, an expanse of calm. Some, some, there must be an expression for it, like some, the mind or the heart becomes spacious. And suddenly, oh, can that be allowed to be fully known? You know, and some of us will feel it very kinesthetically. <laughs> and some of us will feel it in another way, you know, but can, can it be fully known and not so much analyzed not so much uh, story told about it, you know, not getting like, oh, why, where does it come from, why, but just, wow, this is what's happening right now. It's kind of very radical practice. This qualification, radical, comes back often because it's, it's just being here in the middle of what's happening, being th here in this field, inner field of complete boredom, I'm thoroughly bored, <laughs> as it does happen in retreat, you know. Can I actually be awake to this special, unique phenomena? Wow, that's how the mind gets, that's the feel, that's the ambience, no? the atmosphere of boredom, of gratitude, and not be lost in it, you know but be fully awake, like lust and gratitude, you know. Everybody's been so good to me all my life. And, I, and it could go for hours and hours, and like of unconscious gratefulness. <laughs> so here, like the instruction, it can, be, can you be aware? Wake up in that particular tenderness or sweetness or, you know, can you actually feel what it feels like? What's the tone? in the heart and mind and body of gratitude? What's the tone of impatience? Yeah? What's the, how it makes the heart beat, the face become hot, the hands becoming jittery or some, something, you know, the body wanting to move, you know? 
you know, wanting to reach, oh, the stick. I want to reach the stick, stick and ring the darn bell, <laughs> you know? And so in this practice, we're called to be awake in the middle of life as it's showing in any way. And so um, today I want to talk a little bit about this very freely and spontaneously. Although I have a bunch of notes here, but they, when I sit here, they don't make sense anymore. It's, <laughs> it's like, wow, that seemed like a good idea, all these letters. So, um, so why would we do this thing? Why would we come here and do this? Because it's typical at this point of the retreat now, like after a few hours of practicing, that somebody would like, why did I sign up? Like, what was my thought? It seemed like this, it seemed a good idea <laughs> at the time, and now I'm not too clear about why I would do this. Yeah. And how would I integrate this? Which was a question in one of the groups, uh, in the group today. One of the questions that came. So I'd like to just play around with these ideas and see what we can do with that. So the way I understand the practice is that uh, we use the five senses to plug in reality. So we're often stuck in our head, thoughts about things, how they could turn out, how they did turn out, a lot of ideas, you know, it's a little bit like at Times Square, you know, this little bandwidth that keeps going like this with the worth of things, you know. And it keeps changing, it's fat, you know, it keeps going. And so sometimes I feel we live in a little thing like this, you know, it's mainly happening here, you know, my ideas about things. And here we're called to get out of this. That's why we, you know, walk and sit and practice in silence, offer each other solitude. Even if we came with somebody, we said, goodbye, I'll see you on the other side, you know, and we'll see how was the experience. I'm giving you the full space, the silence, so that uh, uh, we can actually come in the body and start to feel things. Uh, and so the entry point for me is the body. And for us, for some of us, the body has been objectified. Um, as too like this or not enough like that, or you know, the or kind of an image in the mind, you know, and we many of us have been harsh with this image, you know, demanding and disappointed by it. But what I'm talking about now is a different thing, coming coming to the body, body awareness. Maybe I'll leave even the word body aside, because to me body kind of points to something solid, like this belief we have, like, this is my body, my body was outside, my body will be in bed, this was my body <laughs> 10 years ago, you know. But here, our attention is a little bit more refined, a little bit more plugged in, and we discover that this word body is actually pointing to, towards a kind of a more of a river of sensation, of something very alive, dynamic, that feels different at different points in the day, you know, before the meal, after the meal, you know. It's, the, yeah, it's the one body, but it's actually a very different experience at different time in the day, you know. The body sitting like this after 45 minutes and then standing up, whoa, yeah. So sensory awareness, maybe we could say, you know. It's not so much the image of the body, but the actual life 
dynamic life that is happening. So we plug into this um, to connect with reality. Maybe to be touched in a way also, to be touched by it, by the difficulty of having a body. We talked about this when we were talking about posture. You know, you keep kind of... Uh, we keep very busy organizing our world for the body to be comfortable. You know, okay, I'll eat that. Well, we have to kind of negotiate. This is good, but too much of it is going to bring unpleasant sensations. So how can I get the maximum pleasure from this meal without with the minimal amount of displeasure from it? You know, and like, and then, okay, now it ate. Could we find a hammock for this body? No, okay, not in that culture, apparently. So what's the second alternative here? It's going back to the room or the grass, you know, and then coming here, it's like, oh, what are we going to do with this body now? We're going to sit it on a cushion or on a chair or is there a way to avoid, you know? And in a way, we can be touched by this in the retreat. Like, wow, look at that, the amount of energy going into taking care of this body, yeah? So that's one of the discoveries uh, we'll make. It's beautiful. That so there's a chance here to develop compassion. So don't be uh, mistaken. It's all by design, you know, that uh, it's a little confront confronting here. Con con it's con yeah. It's uh, there's a. It's like we are in the field of discomfort. Is always not too far around the corner. You know, it can be, it, it might be the next mind state, you know, that will lend in this heart, you know. And so by design, I think that we want, we want it to be not too comfortable so that we would fall asleep, you know, and just not question, not investigate, not uh, look at stuff. And also, hopefully, it's not too difficult so that we would be kind of traumatize ourselves or be overwhelmed. We want to... We want to play a little bit by, uh, with the edge. That's why we're saying, keep coming to the next sit, to the next walk. Although everything in you is saying, tea, sweet tea, lying on the grass, you know, bathing in the sun, you know, keep, keep walking, go back to the walking, just because the things will appear. It'll be the chance maybe to develop compassion for the heart to open. So what I've noticed is the heart tends to open uh, I mean, that's one of the ways is when it's touched by the difficult. It kind of cracks open. It requires a little, you know, a little ripping open, you know. And then by being attentive like this, being embodied uh, as much as possible, coming back, getting lost, getting caught, coming back, at some point, the tendencies of the mind start to be revealed. How the mind goes back to certain obsession. I'll tell you one of mine. I'm sure I'm alone in that. Or I'm not sure I'm alone in that. It's so in, it's, um, very intriguing to me to see how the self gets constructed all the time. And especially, I mean, any kind of self, but there's a particular one that the the unworthy Pascal or the the failing Pascal is uh, it's uh, here in the silence. I really value the silence for this because usually I would be fooled by this. I would 
uh, buy into this. But now, because of a silence, because of these instructions to come back to touch, you know, touch, wait, touch, taste, to the sensory awareness. Uh, from that baseline, from being there, things arise. Like, for me in the dining hall, is so interesting. Like, I've, I've been doing these retreats and teaching them for a couple of decades almost now. There's always a salad bowl at some point in the day. And the salad bowl for me is so interesting because uh, I see how my worth suddenly turns around not dropping a piece of lettuce. It's really interesting, like I'm just in line and then I'll do this and something will go on the side and suddenly I'm worthless. <laughs> and, and this, because of the silence, it's uh, able to be revealed, resonate, impact, impressed, you know? And so I can see this, I'm like, wow, suddenly like I want to collapse, disappear. I'm full of shame of being a human being that drops lettuce, <laughs> you know? Or, I mean, I'm, I have the same kind of relationship with the soup um, <laughs> thing. Like I, I go like this and something orange lands not in the bowl, but in the dish, like in the plate. And suddenly like, I'm not sure I'm worth something in life. I don't know if I'm alone in this. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. I remember one time at, uh, I went to take a spoon, you know, like the spoon, they're, they're kind of standing up, out like this. I grabbed the spoon from my soup and the spoon that came out, it actually happened again last uh, month in, the, in another retreat center. I was like, wow, that's so interesting, the chances of that happening. So I go to take a spoon for my, um, for my soup and the spoon that comes out, is a serving spoon. It's a huge spoon. And suddenly, it seems to be describing how greedy I am. And everybody's, you know, everybody's seem to be seeing that I'm, and suddenly I'm like trying to kind of hide the spoon back in the, in the spoon dish, you know? And it's really interesting because I was actually just grabbing, taking a spoon, you know, like there was no intention to get that big of a spoon. But my sense of self suddenly arrived, like there's a construction of a bad self, greedy self, exposed finally in front of every, like I've tried to hide it, but it's been revealed. And all this to me, these things are revealed because of the silence, because of the paying attention. And also not only is it revealed because of this, but I'm also saved. Can I say that word? Is that the right word? Because of that type of awareness that uh, we're cultivating, which is a non-judgmental awareness and a non-trance-like kind of attention, which would totally believe this. You know, you're a bad person, you can't serve soup first, salad second, and then you take the big spoon, you know? And then I could like get all worked up for a whole afternoon around this. Now I just see the rising of this. It's revealed to me. I just see this and it comes three-dimensional, like the memories I was just having earlier. It comes with the body getting all contracted, heat in the, or hollowness in the chest, uh, breathing, it's something caught here, like, ah, you know, the flexibility of the body gone. I'm like, oh my God, spoon, spoon, big spoon, hide, <laughs> hide, hide, you know. And I can notice all this 
And because of this quality of attention we're developing, here is an opportunity not to hate myself, add trouble, and make it even more complex, but an opportunity for uh, kindness and compassion to arise. Oh, look at that. How what the mind, what the psyche does, it creates a self that is unworthy. Like one Zen teacher would say, disturbed at the center of the universe. <laughs> you know? Interesting. So I can see this and see the mistaken nature of that mirage or view or perception, you know? And then I can maybe bring humor like you just did. Or maybe I can bring compassion to this. Like, oh, wow. Maybe I can even be, uh, rem- be reminded in that, like, wow, that's human beings. Not make it personal, but make it like, wow, this is us. Or maybe half of us or 10% of us will do things like this with their mind. Will turn this beautiful mind, very powerful mind, that can love and connect and heal and be honest and bring clarity and reveal and develop great courage and all this this mind this 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 potential will use all this and turn it against itself to create self-loathing and then in a way be amazed by that wow that's the power of the mind it can do this or it can just be here in a beautiful environment where people cook for you where it's summer-like, nothing to do, nobody's asking anything of you, not even to be efficient in a social way, you know, because the social mask has been put down, you know. And still, the psyche might come up with things, even create scenarios, worst-case scenarios for the future. And so that's why we come here to sit and walk and do almost nothing. You know, it's very non-threatening, no? Can you actually sit a little bit, walk a little bit, sit a little bit, then we'll feed you, you know? Some people could leave here, you know? Kind of big doubt, why am I here? I can do this, and then come back home, or maybe blame the center, you know, and come back home and say to people, do you know what they had us do? You know, well, what? The, they're crazy. They had us sit a little bit and then walk a little bit and then they feed us and they <laughs> ask us to sit a little bit. This is crazy. I had to get out of here. <laughs> you know? So this uh, form that uh, we're invited to uh, be with or explore is to reveal all these things you know, how, uh, how we totally are addicted, some of us, to list-making, to efficiency. My worth is in me doing things and accomplishing things. And now you mean I have nothing to do or accomplish or, you know, and I get all confused, you know? And so can we sit in the middle of that and maybe, oh, here's another, another opportunity for compassion. Wow. This mind is all worked up about doing nothing, you know, about just walking. Or how opinion is great. I wouldn't do that like that. I would, I would, do, I would, st- I would do that long like that, and I would have people turn in circle. You know. <laughs> the back and forth thing doesn't work. Like, it's really like turn in circle, self-circle, like Sufi-style circles. 
you know, that would work, you know. And like all these kinds of constructions that do happen. I'm making it a little bit of a caricature, so we, but you probably have your version in there that you can recognize, you know. And again, the wise answer, the appropriate answer here, what we're tending towards is to recognize this without it leading to self-hatred or judgment. Or even for others, when you see other being hectic, you know, or, you know, avoiding stuff or whatever people will do. You know, when we look, we see things, we see behaviors. Is it possible here to use this opportunity to actually release what is bringing harm to ourselves and others, what is unbeneficial on the path, you could say, and actually uh, recognize uh, what can be useful and nurture this. Yeah. So as we sit and walk here and do our daily activities of eating and bathing and resting or yoga, if that's something you do, or going for a walk around the loop or in the forest, as we do this, and always this invitation to pay attention what will be revealed in a uh, more instinctual, yeah, does that work? Instinctual way is uh, the movements of the mind that are we could call beautiful. It's a kind of aesthetic of the mind, but it, not this, it's beautiful in the sense that helpful for oneself and others. And there's a particular thing that happened uh, that I. The term I have for it inside of myself is uh, a kind of a soaking, you know, when there's some particular mind state that are there that are unhelpful and we kind of uh, soak in them with mindfulness, bringing care again and again, non-judgmental, not wanting it to go away, not hating it, but just this applying this uh, curious attention. How is it to feel like this? How is it to have the mind like that? Uh, by staying in it, usually it's unwillfully, you know, we're stuck in doubt, we're stuck in uh, arrogance, you know, I'm the best meditator here, already the best, I'm looking around clearly, I'm I'm it, (laughs) you know, which is usually followed by, am I really it? I think (laughs) somebody over it me, (laughs) you know. But by being in these mind states with quality attention, their unhelpful nature is really revealed to us. One of the things that we'll hear people describe here, often after a couple of days maybe uh, of uh, sitting or of of soaking in our mind states and our attitudes, somebody will say, wow, I just heard myself talk to myself. I just heard this voice in me like, kind of like rushing me back to the breath because I was lost in something, planning or something, you know. And there was this suddenly I saw or heard it for the first time very distinctly, this kind of like really demeaning, is that the word? You know, like putting down, like, why? Again, you know, like some kind of, sometimes it's not words, but just a, a tone, a field in the mind, like a certain, and somebody will be deeply touched by this. They say, oh, like I've been like this for all my life, but now, just as I was turning, 
finishing the turn or just as I was sitting, suddenly I like I heard it for the and you can see this person being shaken. They're not entranced anymore. They don't believe it's the truth. They kind of had the high quality meeting with that attitude of the mind. And suddenly the danger of it was clearly revealed. So much so that the person is shaken. Oh my God, this is how I talk to myself. Whoa. I want to be careful about this. I don't want to entertain this. I don't want to nourish this. I want to be awake the next time it speaks like this again. Because I give into it. I believe it. I shrink in front of it or under it. Do you see what I'm talking about? And so all these things are revealed here. In the walking, I think, is an amazing place. You know, you're walking, doing your little thing. And at some point, you know, somebody comes out of the front door and they kind of look at you and your feet goes like, like this, you know. And suddenly you're self-conscious. Oh, you know, completely exit, you know. Or at some point, just at the moment of turning, you just notice that you were actually like completely gone, you know. No idea where you were. Like, wow, for the first time I just saw how absent I was. Wow, I was really absent. I have no I had no idea my head was like that. <laughs> Something like this, you know. And somebody can be shaken. This is kind of insight, yeah? Vipassana insight. We discover the patterns of the mind. In the same way we discover the beautiful ones and can nourish them and feel them deeply. So if you sit here and there's the the experience is an experience of non-struggle. There's just the sitting here, feeling the warm or cool air, you know, or just being sitting here, aware of the quality of the light, the luminosity or brightness in the room, and aware of the breathing. And then you notice, because of paying attention, to sen sensory awareness, you know, you notice the quality of the mind that is non-reactive, non-struggling, that is not lust, nor grasping at anything, but just a simple kind of presence. And then you actually can tune in. Usually you would like divert the attention and go, go like, I wonder if I have an email, you know. But now you stay there for a moment and you feel this. And intuitively, Instinctively, no thoughts required. And I'm going to put words to it, but in the experience, it's very simple. It's, there's a recognition. Oh, that is a good way to live. I don't have to produce a desire on top of it to exist. Something that would maybe follow habitually. Do you see what I mean? Like I would be here, there would be some kind of calm, and then it would be... I think I should move to the countryside because it's really calm and I like calm and suddenly there's a whole project, you know. Or so one can just feel, oh, what's this mind state of non-struggle, non-desire, just being here? That is good. Might have a few words, maybe not, just the feeling of it, like, wow, oh, it's friendly in here. It's relaxed, it's open, it's allowing life. I'm putting words again, but often this is silent. It's just a sitting here 
and an intuitive recognition of the wholesome or beneficial nature of a mind state. And this time, when it's met with awareness, with wakefulness, it's being nurtured. Neuroplasticity, the new religion. So by recognizing a wholesome mind state, one is fortifying it, yeah? By recognizing if there is some kind of a, I don't know, you're sitting here just breathing and the memory of a person, the ex, comes to mind, you know, something, some, some troubling, some slightly troubling. And because of the state of mind prior to that event, to that memory, because then it arises in a different field than usually, suddenly there's a tenderness that unexpectedly shows up. As I think of this person, instead of being reactive as usual, suddenly there's like, I hope they're well. Like, it might not be in words, but it's in attitude. It's like, wow, that was hard for us. Like, suddenly the other is included. It's not just me, but the other is like, wow, that was a difficult time. Then, whoops, something is possible just because of the little space we created, the space of silence, the space of solitude, the space of nature, and the space of attention, of careful attention, of our loving awareness, as Jack Cornfield often says lately. This field of loving attention, curious attention, suddenly, well, something else, a different way to be with things arise. Of forgiveness for oneself, you know. Instead of uh, going habitually into guilt tripping, big self-production. You know, this image came, comes back, of course, of me saying this, that was not really helpful, you know. And then like, bad me, bad me, so bad, always been like this, never can hold a girl without doing that, you know. Suddenly, in this space of caring that we're learning and inviting each other to be in by our careful walking, our careful sitting, by our honoring the silence, suddenly that same memory comes and there's tenderness, like of course, you know, these things were said, there was confusion, there was a wanting to be seen in a way, or there was a reacting, or fear, of course, of course, it's okay. And whoops, that can pass through. So somebody was asking, how do you integrate this practice in your life? And I was, uh, my answer then, earlier today was, it's the same practice as we do here, if you ask me and my understanding. And there's many versions, maybe as many as there are teachers. But to me, in my life, I try to, uh, my practice is to be there as I'm uh, closing the door at home. To be there as I'm uh, going up the stairs to meet somebody. To be there, to be sensory aware, sensorily aware, you know, and then see suddenly what arises in the heart, what are the intentions, the mind states, the attitudes that arises in the mind. And, um, and in this way I can attend to it in a non-judgmental way, become aware of what I'm led by, you know, what will make me say something or not. Um, 
And instead of adding judgment to what is not going so well, I can add a little humor, a little uh, compassion. If it's beautiful in this mind or in somebody else's mind, it's in a way it's irrelevant. If I can be enough aware to recognize that there's kindness in the other or patience or you know, giving a chance or attention or something, then I can rejoice. It becomes spontaneous for the heart to be able to rejoice. Wow, look at that. We care for each other. It's, this person is careful. I was giving the uh, example of, uh, you know, when I go to pay something at the grocery, and sometimes I look for a couple of dimes or something, like the right change, and I get all like, you know, and uh, if I feel, sometimes I feel like the person, uh, the cashier will, will be just extremely relaxed. You know, suddenly I can feel in my system like, oh, they're creating a space. You know, it's very, it lasts just a few seconds. And if they're creating a different space, I'll feel it too. <laughs> you know, and then my job is not to be judgmental in any case. It's just to recognize, wow, look how porous we are human beings. That's the field we create for each other. I want to be impacted by this field too, so I can know what I want to put out you know, how I do impact others, yeah? And so here I can become aware of this in the silence. I can become aware of this. I mean, sometimes I'm going to be projecting intentions on people. I'm not going to be right, you know? It's going to be my psyche that is going to be projected. But sometimes the, I'll be able to feel something. You know, you go to cross the door and somebody comes the other way and they stop and make a little space. Just allow this to be known fully. They just gave way to moi, you know? They just made a little space for moi. Nice. This bring, it's fluid, it lives well in community, this kindness. And so, uh, in the, the Buddha's uh, instruction, he's inviting us to be aware internally and externally. Every instruction. Know the breath internally. Know the breath externally. When you were with somebody and they're like, <sighs> you know, whatever, I'm a bad actor. So to me, some of the magic of this, I choose this word, magic, loosely, is my understanding right now is there's always attention giving, given to something. That's kind of part of what it is to be a human being. There's always attention is given to something. But a lot of the time we actually don't know or don't choose where our attention goes. It goes obsessively, habitually. And here we're called to wake up to where the attention goes and maybe redirect attention. So the first time I went to sit a retreat like this, uh, I remember I was struck by this. What I was understanding that they were saying, seemed to be saying is like, oh, you want to develop um, a, a free heart, you know, to, to free the heart or to reveal the innate freedom of the heart. You know, you want, you want this, uh, you want compassion or joy or you want wisdom, right? We'll show you how to pay attention and to what to pay attention to. And I, you know, like you sit me here for half an hour 
I can be attentive to a bunch of things in a m different m kinds of ways, you know. And most of them will naturally, like habitually, not be that skillful. Like, for example, a half hour, I could spend a good 27.5 minutes thinking about myself, me, in the past, in the future, how I could have been, would have been, will be, you know, acquire, etc. Like, a lot of attention can be given to this. It can be, the how of the attention can be an attention to get something. I want to get this, I want to get rid of this, uh, etc. And so when I went to this retreat center, like the first uh, suggestion was, uh, okay, instead of your habitual ways to be um, attentive, could you just put your attention on your nose? And I was like, oh, you mean to develop compassion and wisdom, I need to put the attention here? They're like, yeah, there. Put your attention there instead of on yourself, you know. I'm like, hmm, okay, I'll try. <laughs> and then I'm joking a little bit here, but still, that was the practice, anapanasati, the attention uh, to the breath, you know. And suddenly, I lost my fascination for all the stories in the mind, and suddenly it got present here, and the mind got, instead of scattered, kind of gathered, and then a little bit more powerful, and then suddenly things started to be revealed, the nature of the changing, the river-like nature of the body, you know, how alive it is, and it came with a little awe, like, oh my God, and it came with a little compassion, oh my God, <gasps> not easy to be here when you pay attention, <gasps> you know, and then discovering a mind, oh my God, it's not, so not easy for a human being to have a mind, the mind wants this, don't want that, fears that, you know, spend a lot of time organizing, strategizing around that, you know, it's, it's kind of busy, mice, fearful, it's opinionated, arrogant for a moment, shameful the next, you know, I'm the best, I'm the worst, you know, always trying to define itself, you know, and, you know, and so be suddenly paying attention to the processes in real time, not my ideas about this, but being there. So what are the instructions? Pay attention to the body in its postures, such basic things. When are we aware of sitting? Usually we sit to talk, to eat, to get things done, to watch TV, get engrossed in something. And now the, the instruction is like, as you're sitting, can you be aware that you're sitting? <coughs> so unexpected for me, that you would develop wisdom by being attentive to the posture you're in. Not to improve it, to just wake up to the fact that you're sitting to wake up to the fact that you're breathing. You know, many of us are like, what are you saying? You know this, you don't know about my future. It's so much more important. It has so much more value than the fact that I'm sitting. There's one teacher who says, um, if your problems seem more real than the fact that you're sitting, maybe meditation could be a good idea for you. And isn't it true that often we're like, yeah, but forget the posture, forget that I'm sitting or walking. You, you don't know. But, you know. <laughs> and here we're like, no, pay really attention to the fact that breathing is happening, that hearing is happening, the senses. Oh, that there is joy here, that there is weariness here. Not the content, not the story, but the fact that there's agitation here that there's unsettledness. How does it feel to be unsettled or bored or calm? 
Pay attention to this, not to what it says, to the experience of it in real time. And in this way, you learn how to free your heart from the misunderstandings, from the habitual patterns that are entangling the heart, which naturally is radiant, responsive, naturally can rejoice when things are beautiful, naturally can uh, be compassionate instead of habitually being comparing, envious, uh, assessing, wanting something else to happen. You know? There's a capacity for this heart and mind to be completely awake in the middle of what's happening, not the other version that is fascinating for the mind, but really be awake to this that is happening now, whatever that is. So hopefully there was something in these few words there for you to keep going. That's the main idea maybe, is to inspire a little bit, bring energy for the evening. Yeah. So let's sit just a few seconds here. So not thinking about, but experiencing directly the moment, just as it is, as it's manifesting. Not trying to make anything of it, but caring for this body and this posture right now, breathing. And for this heart-mind, just how it is right now, touched or closed or spacious or tight, or just discovering how this mind or this heart is right now, with the caring uh, attention. Rejoicing in the ease that is there, or accompanying gently the trouble that is in there, if that's what's happening right now. May we find balance in the middle of uh, justice and wakefulness, in the middle of justice. Thank you for your kind attention and uh, enjoy the soup and the soup uh, ladle <laughs> and everything before and after. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.